Do Christians have an obligation to be doing estate planning? Hello and welcome to The Good Word. Um, I'm Dave Thomas. We have an interesting subject today under the title of Giving Back. It really is a focus on how Christians should adjust themselves or comport themselves to the later years in life when they're looking at the ending of all things and maybe their power to earn has gone away. Um, I'm happy to have as conversation partners uh, Brant Berglund from the New Testament of, uh, of the School of Theology and Bruce Taves from the School of Business. And gentlemen, um, there's an interesting verse here as we look at the subject. We begin to Revelation 14:13. It's a text that I have used many times at funerals. It's, it sounds a little strange at first. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Uh, this, as I say, is a little strange to see a blessing pronounced on those who died. They're not; pr- Death is not pronounced to be a blessing, except that there are occasions when life can become very difficult, and death is a release from the labors of life. This is especially true when you get older and suffer the infirmities that oftentimes come with old age. But the other part is and their works to follow them, which would suggest that the legacy that you leave by your living is of significance. So um, what can we say in under the title of Managing for the Master about people and uh, the responsibility they may have for planning on what happens to the accumulated wealth, whatever they have in their estate? Uh, any comments about that? Well, if you don't plan, maybe you think you can postpone the inevitable. I don't know. Maybe that's one reason people don't plan. But there's a saying that if you if you die with a will, you will have some relatives. And if you die without a will, you'll have many relatives. Um, but uh, if, if you don't plan properly, um, the government can take um, – quite a large share of your of your wealth and there's a saying that um, maybe you should do your giving while you're living so you're knowing where it's going <laughs> but certainly you can't time your your death and you might die with a lot of no and a a sp- estate planning does not hasten death right I mean if you write a will it does not ha- we have no evidence that it'll hasten your demise right. if you write a will so Bruce what actually happens if you die without a will what what would the state do? Do they have rules that they follow, or, or do they hand it over to relatives? What do they do? Yeah, they basically have a, a template that they follow, and uh, they'll try to distribute some of it to the closest of kin and find those people. And uh, if there are no close kin, which does happen, which is sad to say that mm-hmm. someone dies all alone and they have no no relatives, mm-hmm. um, then it goes into a cheat or um, unclaimed property of the state, and the state eventually gets it. Mm. And then you probably have to pay somebody to do that. And and what what is it? Because it it has to go. What is it called? To escrow? No. What's it called? To probate. It goes into probate, probate court. Right? If there's a will. Mm-hmm. And so somebody, you have to pay somebody to probate your your will, and what's that run about twenty percent of your assets, or what? Oh, it depends on the size of your assets, but but yeah, there are lawyers involved in courts that will prove the will, which is what the probate process is, and that's a healthy that's a healthy exercise, and yeah. These people work hard, and they're probably worth what they're paid. But but if there's a dispute, then it involves a lot of attorneys, and could become very costly. And I know I know of an incident where a man died having had multiple wives and children. And at the probate hearing, there were twenty-two attorneys, and they could not come to an agreement. And and finally, one of the attorneys said, an attorney friend of mine told me this. One of the attorneys said to the judge, he said, "Well, look, why don't you just proceed with this, and eventually all the assets will be used in fees, and uh, the case will be closed." 
I'm wondering how you feel about a living trust in relation to a will. Is there a benefit for a Christian in thinking about a living trust? Yeah, there there are certainly um, benefits to thinking about those things. Um, I think that many times if you don't plan ahead, it can create a lot of uh, division within the family, within your heirs. It's amazing how much contention comes out of the woodwork when there's a little money involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen that in, in 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 my own work. I mean, I had one famous case where a man, um, his his two children, tried to have him declared mentally incompetent so they could get his money, and the court found in his favor. And he told them on the court steps, "You will each get one dollar." And then in order to stick a bit of salt in the wound, he left a sizable sum of money to an obscure niece on the other side of the country. He gave the local church at that time a lot of money, Mm $75,000, and he left $700,000 to the Shriners Burn Hospital. And the children tried to contest the will and ended up settling for a, a, a small amount of money. But, yeah. I mean, that was a lot of acrimony, a lot of acrimony. It was, it was really sad to see that. Well, you mentioned, Bruce, people dying without a, um, without any family, any kin, and yet um, they can still have a will in place sometimes. A, a, a man in my hometown where I grew up in California passed away. He was a fringe member of the church. We saw him once every two or three years, lived like a hermit on his own, um, gave some tithes to the church so we knew he was alive, and then he passed away. Nobody, I mean, he had a funeral that I don't think anybody attended that was, you know, they just buried the man, but he left in his will, it was something in the amount of $5 million to our local school and church, a small school, small school, small church. And he wanted, as an endowment, he just simply wanted the the interest off that to help pay for kids in, in the school and help pay the teacher salaries. And we were blown away by this man who had never married, never had children, all of his family gone somewhere else. He never attended church, but he left a, a will specifically for his money to be put for that use. And it ended up being a huge blessing to many people, my, myself included, even as I, as I was older. So, yeah, huge yeah. blessings. Yeah, His yeah. works certainly followed him, right? You know, I think another guiding principle here is that you have to remind yourself that you're not going to take any of your wealth with you when you, when you die. Uh, and, you know, people who, who don't make a plan for the estate seem to be thinking that uh, the money will, or the assets will go in the casket with them and benefit them in the afterlife, which is actually what the Egyptians thought, mm-hmm. but not, not us. So, um, Well, and there's, I don't want to get into the context of Revelation 14 too much, but this is the passage that you read to start with um, is the conclusion of uh, the third of three messages in chapter 14 that come on the heels of a, of a great time of tribulation for the people of God. And there will be a time when, when death, I think, will be a blessing, yes, um, but at that point, it might be too late for money to have much value. And so I need to be thinking about what I'll do with what I have now, not waiting until I die to see my money go somewhere else. In my experience, sometimes people can make choices about how their how their estate will be split up and do so that um, actually creates problems with the heirs. Maybe you have a child who has a habit that you don't agree with or something, and so you leave them out of your will, or you know maybe maybe you favor certain children. I think I think you have to be careful, and you know there might be a case where one child spends a lot of time looking after you or something in your old age, but. For the most part, I think you need to be equitable and fair. And also, I know that it can create a lot of problems when you give everything to the church and don't and leave your family out. There's that principle of 
Corban, which is a little different in the Bible, but that's where in the New Testament where people would give to the synagogue and, and leave leave their parents out right. in the process. Similarly, even though I think you should give some leave some for the children. You know, Warren Buffett, for example, he has um, he has a philosophy that he's going to give his children enough so that they can do some good things, but not so much so that they don't have to do anything. <laughs> I like the way that's said. So there, you have to strike a number of balances, and you have to do it prayerfully and thoughtfully. And, you know, Brent, I know of a case, I know this from an organist. There was a woman in a church I attended in college who was an organist in another church on Sundays for years. And an old woman died and left that church a huge endowment. And it killed uh, the giving of the, giving the rest, of the, rest, rest yeah. of the people. They decided right. we don't really need to give. Right. And they fired her as the organist because now they could pay a lot of money to a much more proficient one. And so she was she was disgruntled by that. Uh, sure, sure. Money, money has funny ways of creating situations that we can't foresee when we misuse. And Yeah. But I think what we're talking about here, though, is – this is not the, the regular giving you should be doing in your life and the generosity you should have, but this is what do you do with what's left? And it seems like you do. if, if you were the one who acquired that, you have, have an obligation, I think, to decide how best to distribute it. And one of the advantages of that is that you can decide where it goes, right? Right. And you can benefit causes that are of value to you. I think if it's rightly done, I, I debate whether or not you should tell people what's in your will, Bruce. You know, do you tell your children what you're going to do with your money? Uh, I've seen that raise a bit of a ruckus in some people's minds. Because why are you giving that to organization? No, 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 and they go, oh, no, no, like that. And well, sometimes it's better to have that out while you're alive than after you're gone too. But yeah. um, I also wonder how this conversation affects those who are living, right? Because I, I think about my own mother who's who's 80 years old and, and isn't isn't young. And, and she, she talks about her demise sometimes in, in funny ways, but um, she you know, she's at this point healthy. I would rather her be alive with no money than to have her dead and, and me have anything that she has. And I think about the prodigal son, father, I wish you were dead. Give me my share of the inheritance <laughs> while you're alive. Yeah. And, and maybe this is partly, this conversation is partly for those of us who are alive that will be careful not to become covetous of yeah. what our parents have or others that I hope I'm in the will, right? It's a it's a call to I th- I think careful. it's a good goal to have, by the time you die, to have all your assets account- uh, allocated. See, now, there is a legal process. I mean, you have to make a will in a legal way. It has to be no Notarized, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. you can't just write it on a piece of paper and turn it in. True. It has to have witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. has to have witnesses, yeah. And if you have an executor for your will, choose carefully. Choose carefully. Oh, because they have latitude to make some decisions, right? Right. Well, uh, thank you, uh, gentlemen. Um, I, I know that there are people who, a lot of people who have never written a will. In fact, after this, I'm going to go home and make sure mine is still current. I did it a while ago, and I, I think it's been notarized, but i got to go and check that now. But I think that just as you had the wisdom to acquire whatever assets you end up with in, in your life, you have a, a, a responsibility to distribute those in harmony with, with what you believe is significant. And the same God who gave you those blessings, I think, would encourage you to, to distribute them in a prudent and, and fair manner. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Brent and uh, uh, Bruce, for your contributions today. My thanks to Kristen Byerly, our engineer. And my thanks to those of you who listen to The Good Word. For The Good Word, I'm Dave Thomas. You've been listening to Good Word, a production of the School of Theology at Walla Walla University and KGTS-FM. To order a copy of today's broadcast, you can call 509-527-2194. Thanks for listening, and we'll be here next week at this time with Good Word.